This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. The award-winning crunch time. The quintessential preliminary final thriller. Craig McRae's men will go to the grand final by the margin of one point. Obviously the whole team has been dreaming for the last week or so since we qualified. It's, um, you know, it's such an exciting, it's why you play footy and you dream of it as a kid, so... It's exciting and then a lovely personal touch as well if, we, if we're successful, my dad will present the cup. So, yeah, we've done a lot of dreaming and now it's time to uh, get out there and perform. It's just incredible. I, I like the new path. Beat Speech last year's model, I think. Um, yeah, the, the, uh, the amount of people there supporting us. Um, yeah, we, we, we're not here without our fans. I've said that you know, throughout our campaign and we want to take our fans along for the journey and they're, they're here, here in space, aren't they? Lots of them. Craig McRae brings the Magpies to their moment of destiny. One step remains in a season they have led for so long. Collingwood searching for a record equaling 16th Premiership on a day that has been historically cruel. A perfect season at the Gabba is the launching pad to the last day at the MCG. 20 years on, the Lions will again face Collingwood in the AFL Grand Final. Um, but then it's a game of footy at the end of the day and we've got to, we've got to try and beat the opposition. So once um, all the ceremonial stuff and everything at the start's done, we want to enjoy that, embrace that, look around, embrace the crowd, and then um, it's just a game of footy once the ball's bounced. Oh, look, after the game last week, um, I said, you know, we're going to try and make this week as normal as we can, but it's not a normal week. Um, so... Uh, there'll be a lot of things that you don't normally do when you're, when you're leading into a game, but, but just embrace it and have fun and smile about it because uh, it might be the only time it ever happens in your life. Two decades on from the golden era, the Brisbane Lions return to the grand final. Chris Fagan's guiding touch bringing a new generation to take their shot and carry the cup north. I'm pretty rattled to be honest, so apologies if this doesn't go too well. Um, I did not expect this and to be amongst some of those names that have won two is um, unbelievable. Well, the AFL pretty quickly has got to get to the point, in my view, where they just get out of the way and let the system operate without this blatant manipulation. The co-captain's got himself into a situation where he's seriously hurt his shoulder. The club didn't know, he didn't know for several more days after that, the seriousness of it. They've gone in, got it checked out. It's a serious shoulder injury for the co-captain of the club as well in a setting that, as you touched on earlier, you certainly wouldn't expect something like that to happen of this severity. And we've reached the last day of Gil McLaughlin's reign. The week suitably flavoured with much contention and debate. How will the game change under new leadership in the days, weeks and months to come? This is the grand final edition of Crunch Time. Melbourne is never more alive than on this day as the hordes gather around the MCG. We are broadcasting live from the footy festival outside the grounds. 
surrounded by so many. Half of Queensland feels like they've been here. They're all wandering around in the Melbourne heat. It is quite the build-up to the 2023 Grand Final. This is crunch time for the Berwick Motor Group, home of the GWM Cannon Range and Azito, powering DIYs all day, every day at Bunnings. Jared Waitley with you. Sam Edmund is by my side. Hello to you, Sam. Jared, who's batting and what time's the first ball being bowled? <laughs> Seriously, this is Boxing Day weather. I've packed the SPF 50 plus. Hay fever's threatening to erupt as well, but magnificent to be here. Crowd of people gathered around as well. Everyone's got a smile on their face and how could you not? Great day to be. Great week to be in Melbourne. Brenton Sanderson is in our van for crunch time. Hello, Sando. G'day, Jared. Sam's right. This is fantastic and we've been waiting all season. We've had another great year, haven't we? This, the footy has been Sensational, but we're actually spoiled today to get the two best teams. Collingwood and Brisbane, at their best, have, have been the two best sides this year, and I think we're in for a classic grand final. It's going to be a ripper. And you don't have to go far around here. If you've got your wits about you, you can find players who are about to play in a grand final. Just saunter up to them and have a bit of a chat. Well, I was really lucky, Jared. Just walking here through the park, I bumped into Hugh McCluggage. I saw Charlie Cameron. Uh, I saw uh, Josh Dunkley getting dropped off by, by Adam Trelaw, uh, who had breakfast together this morning. So the Brisbane Lions are staying at the Pullman, which is about 100 metres from yep. the MCG, for those that don't know. So they are fully emerged in the excitement and the energy of the grand final, and they're just really calm. I had a, you know, a sort of five-minute five chat with, with Charlie Cameron, and he just seems really, really quite... He's um, um, not showing any sign of nerves. And I think it's just this new generation of... Of players, They're, it's just another game of footy with the stakes so high. 100%. One of them went to the races last night, Jared. Yeah. Jack Ginnivan might have got the quaddy at Mooney Valley. I'm not <laughs> sure. I might back it up with the norm today. Who knows? But that's how relaxed they are, this modern generation of players. Who would have thought that would be the case? Well, it's, it is the most magnificent setting. As you were here yesterday, the, the parade was a total triumph. There's never been mm. a parade without 100,000 people. But there was just the mass of humanity and back on dry land, which was preferable to yeah. floating the parade last Last year. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and look, rest in peace, the flotilla uh, of barges as they were, because people got a, a closer look and a longer look, Jared, along this new route. And it ended up where we are here at Yarra Park. And to set the scene for you, there's a big space here of, of grass. You couldn't see a spare centimetre of grass yesterday. And and the Brisbane Lions fans have travelled. This is going to be a great scene inside, inside the ground later on today. What's it like, Sando, if you're arriving at the ground and you've got an active role, say, in the coach's box? Oh, I mean, this is... This is the reason whether you're a, whether you're a young man, and now obviously we've got we've got uh, the AFLW system up and running really successfully as well. But this is the moment you dream of um, is one day being able to represent your club on Grand Final day, either as a player. And I was lucky enough to be here um, on four four or five occasions as a coach. Um, it's it's incredible the energy when you walk out onto the MCG. You don't even feel like your feet touch the ground. It's we know how special this stadium is, but on this day and all the history that's that's gone before it, you know, you have an opportunity to um, to create legacy, to to, to to create a legacy for your footy club, and um, you know, so many players uh, fail on this day because they drown themselves in the expectations that they're going to be the best player on the ground. The players and the teams that are most successful on this day understand their role, um, and they need to execute their fundamentals and their basics at their at their best, um, and I think that, I think that's what we'll see today. There's two really good teams today. Both got excellent talent, but they're playing so well as a team, and obviously that's 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 the key part to success. Jared Healy and Dermot Brereton are going to stop by during crunch time, as will the two chief executives, who, who they're quite fascinating. So Greg mm. Swan was the chief executive of Collingwood when yep. they met in those storied grand finals of two and three. 
And in a very real way, he was conscripted to Brisbane to save the Lions. Six-pack at Gil McLaughlin's house got it done, Jared, back in 2014. It was really, we need you in Brisbane. And by the time he had a couple of, uh, of tinnies and left the house, Swanee, he'd already committed. So he gets up there. You remember the go-home five? The place was an absolute mess. Players didn't want to go there. They didn't want to stay there. They've turned all that around, and obviously Greg Swan, a big part of that, the appointment of Chris Fagan, the appointment of Danny Daly. It's a massive change since 2014, and now they get over that prelim hump that they've lived through Chris Fagan in the last few years, and they're here, where they've always believed they should be, and I hope they give a, a really good account of themselves today. And Craig Kelly was in his second season when he played in, that, in the 1990, the fabled premiership, and now he's there as the chief executive. Yeah, an incredible story. Um, obviously, South Australian... Craig Kelly and um, was, I guess, one of the first big player agents. So, um, and obviously had had bucks. I mean, that was probably his start and uh, built an incredible uh, company, Elite Sports Properties, which became TLA. And now he steps in 12 months later as the Collingwood CEO after being a premiership player back in 1990. So real strong Collingwood man. And um, as hard as they come off the field as well, he, he calls a spade a spade. But um, yeah, if they can get a premiership today, you'll see a tear in his eye. He's a, he's a very proud Collingwood person. A tear in her eye. How would you go watching your son in a grand final? Oh. It's, we're blessed to have Adrian Fletcher with us at the start of the program. Adrian, welcome. Thanks, Jared. So a football journeyman through multiple clubs, but just in Brisbane long enough to qualify Jasper for this day. <laughs> Isn't it beautiful how the fates conspire? They only one, don't they? Yeah, I played 107 games there at the Lions, but uh, great opportunity for the young bloke, Jasper. You have to pinch yourself because um, sometimes it's better being young because you, you don't see it. Um, I'm, I'm sure 10 years' time when he looks back on this and looks at the journey, it'll be a fiery game and um, he'll know that he's in a footy game of footy for sure. So you played in final series, you reached a preliminary final but not quite this day. What's it like to be to, to have your son who's about to live that part of the dream? I'm glad somebody got there but uh, <laughs> in the family but I never got there. Um, not many people do. Like, I mean, we've seen uh, Patrick Cripps played 180 games and played his first final. Um, yeah, to get an opportunity in your 14th game, I mean not many get that opportunity, so you just got to take it with both hands. Adrian, tell us about your young fella, Jasper, who I think today will become the youngest line to ever play in a grand final. He goes under John, uh, John oh, Johnny. Brown's bar. Yeah, so 19 <laughs> years of age, I think 335 days, only 13 games into his career. What makes him tick? From the outside looking in, it looks like butter wouldn't melt in his mouth. Yeah, he's, um, he's, a, he's a good level-headed kid. He, he, um, he sees the game pretty well. He's got that 360 awareness, so... He doesn't get phased by the pressure, but uh, I'm sure there's going to be a bit today. He'll be, it'll be in the fire, and he's got to come out the other side, and he's got to do a good, good job for the team because um, we know the Collingwood wingers, they're, they're high possession players, so he's going to make sure that he gets the ball in the hand as well for his team. So, no, he's ready. I spoke to him this morning. He's pretty calm. He's sitting there with Charlie. They're having their coffees and. Uh, Hopefully they're not looking out the window because there's a lot of people waiting for them to come across the road, <laughs> as Sando said. Yeah, well, Fletch, what, a, what about... Um, obviously, you're a great player and now your son's playing AFL. How much do you step in? Because obviously you know the game so well and he's, he's getting coached by the Brisbane yep. Lions. And we see Peter Dacos, obviously, he's at the footy all the time and watching the boys. And he gave him a great... Um, I guess he, he mentored him so well by taking him to so many games. Yep. Is that the same with you, with Jasper? No, look, as a father, and you've been it and you've seen it in a footy club and, and you went into, um, you know, development, you see what it looks like. 
So you try and give him the best chance with the drills you do. You go down the park and have a kick with him, um, work on his marking. You know, if you can mark it as well as win it on the ground at 183, you can become a dangerous player. Um, yeah, all those things that I learned over my time, it'd be silly not to, to, to try and pass something on. But now I'm just a, a supporter. I just watch him um, sit in the grandstand, try and stay nerve, um, calm and uh, hopefully he goes well. On Are the you day. more nervous as a father than you were as a player? For sure, yeah. You, you've just got energy and you can't burn it anywhere <laughs> other than walking around, the, probably walk around the MCG about 10 times and then go and sit in your seat and, and uh, hopefully watch the journey and watch the moments in a big game. It's, it's, it's a big game. Well, what do you think of the key points today for Brisbane if they're going to win? Oh, look, we just can't allow um, Collingwood to get out of the blocks and kick, kick five goals straight away. That, that would hurt us. Um, we did it last week against Carlton. We, mu we must start well. Um, on the on the transition, we must hurt them because they give you a chance on yep. the transition. And our forward line is probably one of the most potent. If Rayner and Charlie get off the off the lead, um, yeah, we, we could see, you know, we could kick more than fourteen goals. Yep. It's sort of beautifully intertwined. But you were in Mick Malthouse's coaching box in 2002, yep, is that right? Yep. Yeah. What are your memories of, of that day? That one was a tight game. It was a wet game. Uh, it was a tough game. You see the moments where they showed the other night on Foxtel. Um, it was brutal. Um, and it was down to the last three minutes. I mean, it could have went either way. Like, Collingwood was coming. Um, they moved. I remember they moved Akamanis forward. Um, he missed the first crumb. You heard it on the uh, lead. Got into him not going front and square. He went front and square. Kicked the winning goal, and they were up by nine points with two minutes ago, and they never lost the game. So that was tough. I could see Mick's face. You could see that moment, that three minutes out. He knew that it was over in that moment. And they'd given absolutely everything, hadn't they, that your pies? Yeah, they, they, they were probably the best team. Um, we knew that the Lions were the most talented team, but um, Licuria, um, Bucks, Bucks played well that day, uh, Rocket played well. But it was a real team effort. It wasn't. It wasn't the most um, talented team on the list. But geez, they they rolled their sleeves up and they, and Burns and those types really slugged it out on the day. We'll recount it during the week, Adrian. It's great to have you stop by to help set Thank the you. flavor for us. And good luck for the afternoon. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, good luck, Fletcher. You just have a good call. All right, Adrian Fletcher, who's intertwined in all of this, and his son Jasper, who from the moment he arrived in the game has looked like. He belonged. Yeah, they've got a really talented young list, oh. Brisbane. And that's the thing, I think, today. And Fletch just spoke about it back when you look back in uh, the early 2000s when Brisbane had that super team full of talent. Um, it almost feels like that today. I think Brisbane have more talent. Collingwood are the better team, as crazy as that sounds. Um, and if, if Collingwood allow Brisbane to play that style that Fletch just mentioned, if they can access Cameron and Lincoln McCarthy and Zorko and those small forwards in, in time and space, I think... I think Brisbane are going to be hard to stop. Great story, isn't it? Like Will Ashcroft, all the hype about him coming in, yep. and, and that was warranted. But this guy makes his debut in round 14 and hasn't really looked like slipping out since. He's made yeah. such an impression coming in, and he's hard for, for a young player. So balanced, well. really good decision maker, has time and space. Uh, he's going to be a seriously good player. Mm. So I asked you this morning, on, on the way to the ground, Sando, if you could think back to 2018. So you were in the coach's box with yep. Nathan Buckley when last Collingwood were here. What are the things that live with you? What are the, the moments that you could put your finger on? Uh, we've already touched on a little bit, Jared. I think the difference between now and this generation, I was just, I, if, you, if I think back to 2018 and we know the energy when you walk into the stadium and this precinct around the MCG is there's a lot of anxiety around the outcome. And I think what Bucks did really well in 2018 was we really focused on the process. And um, I remember we, he, 
for whatever reason, the players bought into this theme that the Bucks had during the finals, which was a it was um, a Japanese uh, philosophy around. It was called kintsugu or kintsugi, which um, I can't even pronounce it properly, but. It's when those, um, you know, the, the Japanese bowls that break and they rebuild them with those sort of golden, the, the golden veins that go through. And the focus on that was um, that the beauty in an object uh, is, is not what you see, but it's the imperfection. So it, something when it's rebuilt um, can be even more beautiful than before it was broken. And I think that's what the players really bought into that year was the, the ability to be able to embrace our imperfections at Collingwood. So... Quite often you focus on all the things that you do well, but we celebrated the things that we weren't great at. And uh, it just felt like um, Bucks had the ability in 2018 to allow players, and we've heard it today already, just to let them be themselves. So there wasn't this, um, we want you to be something that you're not. And the players really bought into it. And it's, I guess it was a metaphor around, around healing. So all the setbacks that Collingwood had been through, that, um, that it was okay not to be perfect. Uh, but I remember on that day, um, the mood was just so calm, so relaxed. Obviously started really well back in 2018. And, you know, uh, Fletch just spoke about it then, about that you, you've, you've got to start well. When you look back and watch that grand final again, Collingwood kicked the first three or four goals of the game, but allowed West Coast to kick the last two of the first quarter. And um, in reflection now, you just think back, if, if West Coast came in at quarter time without scoring a goal, potentially that breaks their heart. And they think, you know, we're, we're throwing everything at Collingwood here and we just can't score. But there was a couple of lucky goals, you know, with a minute or two to go in the first quarter in that 2018 grand final, which just gave them enough hope, I think. But, um, but yeah, my, my, my overarching memory of 2018 was, was a calmness that was created through the ability that you just have to be yourself today. And I thought, I thought that, worked, that worked really well. And three-quarter time. So if memory serves, scores were level and it was the first time in grand final history we'd turned for home and the scores were level? Yeah, and it's... Um, it's difficult to explain, but the, the, the game when you're, when, when you're a coach and even when you're out there as a player is, um, is you're very much in the moment. It's like a university exam. When you're, when you're sitting there and you're writing and you're thinking um, and you know everybody around you, the, the 100,000 at the MCG and the millions watching home at TV are having a fantastic time, but you're very much focused on your task. And I think the players were the same, but obviously what was heartbreaking is for, for Collingwood fans and that group and for all of us on that day is is we led with a couple of minutes to go. Um, and you've just got to take those opportunities when they, when they are presented. And that, that chain of marks down the wing, you know, that it started with the McGovern intercept mm. and then those chain of marks down the wing. And then obviously Dom Sheed has, has the impossible shot for goal from the boundary. Um, and just, and you know, Fletch spoke before about Mick Malthouse. You, you could see the blood drain out of Bucks's face when that goal went through. Um, and we all felt the same that, you know, your heart skips a beat and you just think, right, we've got 90 seconds to go here or, or, a, or, a, or a minute to go. We've got to find a way to get back in front. But you just, you just, it's out of your control. You're in the coach's box. The players are out there. They're trying to execute the best they can. Um, and famously, you know, uh, you couldn't have been more prouder of that group in a losing grand final. They, it was an incredible season. So many things, as I said, the, all, all the imperfections, all the things that went wrong, throughout the year and you find yourself in front in a grand final with a minute and a half to go um, and then a, a moment of just of just being lost of bad, and you know Buck said in his uh, post game I actually don't know what to say this moment I've never rehearsed for is um, is what to tell this group now except that they, he was just super, super proud of their effort 
Brenton Sanderson taking us back to 2018 and being right there in the tightest of grand finals. Is that what awaits us today? Jared Healy, Brenton Sanderson and Dermot Burton as we work our way through crunch time today. We're broadcasting live from the Fan Festival outside the MCG. Stop by and say hello. You're listening to Crunch Time for Azito. Azito powering DIYers all day, every day at Bunnings. You're listening to Crunch Time. Azito Power Tools. German design quality and innovation powering DIYers. All day, every day. Visit Berwick GWM Havel and test drive the GWM Canon CC. Part of the Berwick Motor Group. The countdown is on to today's grand final for the TAC. Don't use your phone illegally while driving TAC. Sam Edmund, it's been a challenging week on the ticketing front for a lot of people. And it feels like... Th- it's just still ructions this morning. Ticketing has been an issue all week, Jared. You're right, and it's extending right up until seemingly the final countdown for this game. So the Melbourne Cricket Club, not even the oldest, Australia's oldest sporting club, is immune. So despite people lining up from the start of Wednesday for, for first in best dress seats to the MCC, they didn't end up filling it all. Now, normally it's only open to full members. So they said, we'll release a limited number of tickets to restricted members. Now, that's all fine. Everyone jumped on to register until they couldn't. So a tweet from the MCC moments ago. We are aware of an issue with accessing ticketing for restricted members for this match. We are investigating the issue and we'll provide an update shortly regarding accessing tickets. How's that as a fan for a bit of pre-first bounce stress? Goodness me. It's uh, ticketing. And it makes it like, so last year's mark is 100,026, isn't it? So yep. Yep. you want to make sure you hit that when tickets have been in such demand, given that the wait list probably stretches to about 200,000 people who we know would the, like to have been here. Indeed, we know the issue Colin would have. We'll have Craig Kelly in shortly. We'll put those questions in. So if the MCC isn't even full, there will be an inquiry, Jared. You are right. Surely it won't get to And a bit of sparring this morning at the North Melbourne breakfast that Dwayne Russell has been... Um, well, he did a little bit of midday madness at breakfast with the coaches. <laughs> he did indeed. He dangled the bait perfectly because he had he had uh, the trifecta. He had Damien Hardwick there, the new Gold Coast coach. He had Alistair Clarkson there, the North Melbourne coach, of course. And he had Chris Scott there. So he had the beneficiary of the special assistance package that was very special indeed, depending on who you speak to. And he had Chris Scott among the chief, uh, most ardent critics of it sitting next to him. And they just... And Damien Hardwick, if you remember 12 months ago, in fact, it was around this time of the year that it was starting to come to fruition, the pick seven and Jack Bowes was headed to Geelong, uh, a deal that, um, you know, some said was way over the top for, for one of the best clubs in the land. So he had all three trading blows at the uh, the North Melbourne Grand Final breakfast this morning. I love it. I think uh, Alistair Clarkson accused Chris Scott of having having amnesia, Jared. So uh, as the kids would say these days, shots fired. That's great stuff. We look forward to catching up with Dwayne as our afternoon unfolds. Let's just check in with the newsroom. You're listening to Crunch Time. Azito Power Tools. German design quality and innovation powering DIYers. All day, every day. Visit Berwick GWM Havel and test drive the GWM Canon CC. Part of the Berwick Motor Group. Jared Wetley, Sam Edmund, Brenton Sanderson with you in Yarra Park at the Festival of Footy outside the MCG on Grand Final Day. Sando, just the, the idea of... The opportunity for today, so you never know when it'll come and you never know how long it will last. So it's 20 years since Brisbane's glory days. Um, a team like Adelaide flashed here in 2017 and then it was gone instantly. Yep. And the way that the AFL now, the system is obviously with salary cap and you turn the ladder upside down with draft picks is that you sort of go through cycles. Every 15 or 20 years, you should have an opportunity to win a couple of flags. You're right about Collingwood. 
And someone actually asked me today, as, as I was walking towards the ground, is this Collingwood's last chance? And they were, they were nervous about, you know, Pendlebury's side bottom, how, and the age of some of those guys, even like a guy like, um, like Jamie Elliott, you know, sort of potentially coming towards the end of their career. But I think the good sides now, they don't rebuild, they just replenish. Um, they look for opportunities to always put themselves uh, in the right opportunity to compete. And you look at, say, Geelong and Sydney, I think that's their model where they're always find themselves with a great opportunity to at least compete, whereas other sides um, go right to the bottom, they get the best draft picks, and then they sort of build over four or five years. But for both of these clubs, it feels like this is a great opportunity that's be taken today. Um, you know, Brisbane have missed out with a couple of prelim losses over the last couple of years, but they've still got a great young squad coming through. But yeah, maybe maybe this is a little bit of a you know last chance for the Pies with the age demographic of some of their stars. Yes, you, you do say that, don't you? But you think about the five they brought in. It's five ticks all round. So Frampton, McStay, Hill, Mark Markov was training at Carlton for a week yep. before they had that injury to Charlie Dean, and they brought him back in. They didn't give up hardly anything. Vin Mitchell as well at uh, a Hawthorne. So yeah, regenerating on the run is a massive success for Collins. Yeah, and I think and and coaches and clubs now often will never say rebuild. It's almost like you can't say we're going to rebuild. I think yeah. the, the 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 new phrase is you know we're just going to replenish our list. We're going to look for opportunities <laughs> to to move players on and, you know, manipulate with contracts. And obviously, you've got to try and get under the salary cap each year. But you still want to get access to the best young talent where you can. But, yeah, Collingwood um, and obviously played in the grand final in 2018, lost a prelim in 2019. As Jared said, had that year where they finished 7th, change of coach. Um, a whole new group comes in, yeah. um, a new coaching, uh, sorry, a new game plan. And now we're seeing speed. We're seeing, um, and credit to Craig McRae, the game has changed since he's been um, in charge. It's fast, it's open, um, and it's through the corridor. And now benefiting from some of the probably, Jerry, the harshest list calls we've ever seen. With Adam yeah. Trelaw forced out, Brody yep. Grundy forced out. You know, now you look back on it, um, not fondly, but at that time it was almost as bad as it got for, I think, a lot of Collingwood supporters seemingly disenchanted with a couple of favourite sons being moved on against their will. And now you look at it and you think, well, that was pain for some significant gain now. And even a player like Tom Mitchell, who I thought that was a mistake to bring him in. I thought he's, his best footy was behind him, but he just complements the group. So when you're building and you're doing your premiership profiling, when you're looking at your 22 or probably you don't look at your 22, you look at like a 25 or a group of 28 that are going to win you a premiership. And sometimes you need a Tom Mitchell type who's, you know, 35 touches but can't run outside but he's complemented by Bobby Hill and Jack Crisp and Lipinski and some of these guys, Markov, um, who come in, who have got that outside run and spread and speed. So um, it's a, it's a, that, that list management and, and doing that premiership profiling is so important. You can't just go, right, uh, and that's why they get rid of Lockett. Well, they, they don't get rid of, but they decide that, that, they, can, um, that they can move Brodie Grundy on and still compete and win a premiership, and mm. who's probably in the best two or three ruckmen in the competition. But you, you, you run Cox and Darcy Cameron, then you bring Frampton in as that sort of third ruck. Or, and I, I think he'll play a really pivotal role today as well, Frampton. But um, they're really calculated decisions, and they are risks. They're all risks, but they're, they're not just um, saying, all right, um, let's just try this. They, it would be a lot of hours spent um, designing what you think is going to be your premiership team. Yep. And on the Brisbane side of things, the, the, there's a whole swag of good decisions that we'll talk to Greg Swan about. And we'll talk about the two coaches as we go. But the decision to bring Lockie Neal in, to go and poach him, and this is the classic player who's not notionally available, yep. but you target and then you bring in, and he goes, two Brownlows, a second and a third... He's now the co-captain of a team that comes here. Yeah, so no, yep. in, in amongst all the clever 
picking around the edges, you go and find the A grader that you want and nail him. No, you're spot on. And also, too, I, I think sometimes I reckon the best decisions they made was when they drafted um, Berry and uh, McCluggage. Two excellent players. Probably went a bit earlier than what most clubs would have rated them, but they were tree boys. So they were great young talents, but they weren't, they weren't South Australians. They weren't kids from WA. They weren't Vic Metro boys. They were from uh, Ballarat and Warrnambool, and they were, they, they, they were good friends. They were good players, but there was no you know, go-home factor for those boys. Um, uh, and I think they, they, they took that friendship up to the Brisbane Lions, and then they, you, you sort of build that culture through your young players. And culture, sometimes we talk about leadership down. I think it happened at Brisbane Lions through almost the young players up, that they, they just enjoy their footy together. They, they socialise together, as in they spend a lot of time together away from the club. It yeah. doesn't happen at these, these metro Victorian clubs because you go and socialise with your friends from school and the guys that you grew up with. But they stay together as a club, and that's, I think, one of the real, the real strong bonds and benefits of the Brisbane Lions squad at the moment is this is a close team. They, they get on so well off the field as well as they do on the field. And so for the trade period, which we're all about to embark upon, mm. so Neil, Charlie Cameron, Joe Danaher, yep. the, the very specific pieces that Brisbane targeted and landed against that backdrop where nobody wanted to go there and everybody wanted out before essentially Greg Swan arrives and then yeah. brings Chris Fagan in. Well, the go-home five, that was the catch cry for a long, long period of time. Not only just players didn't want to go there, but keeping players as well. They had to change everything about how they did it, how they housed these kids, who they housed them with, where they drafted from, as Sando said as well, because players were just leaving. One thing to nail the picks, which, by the way, aside from the trade period, they absolutely did. So Cam Rayner, Zach Bailey, Brandon Stasevich, all arriving in proximity. They had a couple of academy kids as well. Um, you mentioned Barry and McCluggage as well, Sando, but Hipwood was one. Harris Andrews was his own selection as well, those academy graduates. So they've nailed them consistently. Got the big fish, like you said. And this is the recipe for to be here on the on the last day in, in, in September. Can I just say, Sam, one more thing, and we hated COVID, right? COVID was the worst experience for all of us in footy. Yeah. One thing it actually did, it actually helped Brisbane and Gold Coast, but because um, we spent all those times up in those hubs up in uh, up in Brisbane, we, we all experienced a Queensland winter, and it was weather like this, and you we were playing footy and training in these conditions all the time. I actually think it helped those Queensland clubs when it came to recruiting. Because players thought, well, yep. if this is winter, yeah. I'm, go I'm going back and playing my footy mm -hmm. up there. It's, it's probably a small factor that doesn't get mentioned enough. Might have helped Gold Coast find their next coach as well. And the other part, the other player we didn't mention, probably the biggest piece this year, I think, in terms of the way his methods have rubbed off on his teammates and his attitude to the game is Josh Dunkley. Now, they had to give up a lot to get him. Yep. And the Dogs knew what they were losing. It had been coming for a couple of years. But that is a massive piece of the way Brisbane go about it. We're going to bring Jared Healy into crunch time in a few moments' time. This is uh, all the discussion here around today's grand final for the TAC mobile phone detection cameras are now operating a message from the TAC you're listening to crunch time the Zito power tools German design quality and innovation powering DIYers all day every day visit Berwick GWM Havel and test drive the GWM Canon CC part of the Berwick Motor Group Dermot Burton is going to join us as crunch time unfolds today. Jared Healy is taking his place in the van. Crunch time for Zito powering DIYs all day, every day at Bunnings. Jared, hello. Jared, what a great day it is. It's hot. It's fantastic. The atmosphere is uh, absolutely electric. Just walked around the ground. It's uh, as always on Grand Final Day. 
there's no better day, as you said, at your opener than grand final day in uh, Melbourne. But the one thing I haven't turned, heard too much about, and it's been played down to a large degree by most, is the weather. And it's going to be a factor. Do not discount the weather. Look for your elite runners. Go back to 1987. Who was Carlton's best player, second best player? It was Craig Bradley, the elite runner of the elite runners. And today, I suspect we're going to get a pretty open game because I cannot believe that we're going to have the ferocity around the ball for the entirety of the game. I mean, sure, it's going to be there early. But, uh, gee, it's just so exhausting, this weather. It is so hot. It'll be a shock to the system. It'll be a shock for Brisbane as well. They don't train in, in this sort of weather. I mean, it's the sun. And I remember Jimmy Stein's upset uh, Robert Walls once uh, when he wore a hat at the uh, Gabba. And hello to what, are you, Robert. I know you'll be listening. <laughs> but if you were smart, you'd wear a hat out there today. It may get knocked off. But the sun, and in fact, you're at... I called into Quicksilver today because I know it could, Im- <laughs> it could impact on your commentary. So there you go. There's a, there's a, 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 a what do they call those a ones? Bucket hat. A bucket hat. That's it. You can you wear need, that you if you get Legion, your son. You need the Legionnaire's job, don't you, today? I tell you, the most nervous people today will be the people in charge of doing the makeup for kids. They will be nervous today. You want to lay that on thick, Jared? Yes, well, so they've been happy to take a little jibe here and there at Meatloaf. Yes. You wouldn't want to melt in the sun, would you? You'd, you'd they, want to they, have they are a nighttime band for fireworks, <laughs> not a daytime blazing sun band. They're nighttime specialists. Who's got the advantage with the elite runners? I heard you uh, reel off a couple about the wings. Yeah. But Collingwood, the Jack Crisp run to me. I just, I just look at Crisp, and I just can't believe he's not going to have an impact on this game. No, I agree, Jared. I think those, I think those wingmen for for Collingwood. When you think about Josh Dacos and still Sidebottom getting up and down the ground, um, you, you, you mentioned Crisp, uh, the, the ability uh, for 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 Penry to get back into defence as yep. well as that sort of ninth defender uh, is is going to be influential. But you're right, if it's an open, hard running game uh, in this heat. It's, it's going to be your, your elite runners that are still running on top of the ground late, late in the fourth quarter. And I can, it, I can feel Collingwood's, in it. Collingwood's elite runners come to mind more than Brisbane's do. And Brisbane's midfield is, is a bit more one-paced. It's always been their issue. Yep. That's why Fletcher was a, such an important inclusion for them. Um, but that could well determine this outcome if it's, uh, if it's this hard-running game, which it always is. But in the heat, it's just it's three times as energy sapping. So mm. 87 and 2015 are the two, aren't they? So 2015's the marker, 31.3. So forecast top today of 29. There's a bit of wind around as well. Some modelling has it getting to 30, Jared. Yep. There's a bit of... Uh, there's a Pretty strong northerly, I reckon, maybe across the ground anyway, about 30 kilometres an hour, the Weather Bureau are saying. But um, So some of those Collingwood names, like Markov's another one, Bobby Hill's another one, uh, both Dacos boys, McCreary's a strong runner as well. And then you've got Brisbane, who might be more conditioned. Um, you know, you're looking at guys like uh, Archie's a good athlete, uh, Zach Bailey's a good athlete, um, Connor McKenna covers the ground well, Hugh McCluggage is a strong runner as well. So... I'm with Jared. It's going to be fascinating. I was barracking for extra time, to be honest, as a neutral. I'm <laughs> yeah. not sure we're going to get it, Jared. And if we do, boy, it might be one of the best grand finals of all time. Yeah, you may train in, in warmer weather than in Melbourne. There's no question that this will be more of a shock to Collingwood than it will be to Brisbane. I mean, just physiology tells you that. But uh, I don't think they'll be doing two hours of gut-busting stuff in this sort of heat as a regular thing in Brisbane. Mm. Now, Brisbane train either first thing in the morning yeah. or late in the afternoon. To avoid the heat. Yep, to, to, to avoid the sun. Yeah, you're right. And obviously they play most of their games at night at the Gabba. Yep.
I wonder if playing in the blazing heat of the day will add to the debate around whether we should be staying oh, yeah. a couple of hours later. Just as well, it's only, it's, it just needs one final needle for the tipping point, doesn't it? I mean, it's a question of which which CEO is going to have the uh, courage, yes. the political courage to to roll roll with it. But it's, I mean, the argument is pretty strong for it to stay where it is, but. It's more just the development and going into interstate TV. It's just a TV argument, ultimately, isn't it? Yeah, and so the, the, this should absolutely rate its socks yeah. off today. So that becomes an important marker that it does, mm. uh, and then you could hold. But if if the numbers were a little less than they should be, yeah. then um, there'll be an yeah there'll be an economic decision around just moving it to where the maximum yeah. number of people are. Just while we're on the subject of covering the ground and the runners, so Pat Lipinski's clearly one of them for Collingwood. The decision of Collingwood to demote him to the sub, for lack of a better phrase, and put Jack Inovan in. Bold. Well, I think it was just form-based. I mean, Pat Lipinski was okay last week, but uh, certainly Ginnivan gives them that spark. And my gut feeling is that McRae think, will probably think his best chance is to land the blow early. Yeah as they've done in, in both finals so far and, and going back against Geelong last year where they nearly knocked them off. They were on any side really got close in the finals. So Ginevan to me is that extra goal kicker. They've dropped one with McStay. We're not quite sure how that's going to work out, but uh, we know what McGiven gives and that's what you want on the ground when the opportunities are there. So, yeah. So is it a point that perhaps, as has been touched on, that they acknowledge perhaps that scoring may be an issue and he's a, a yeah, kid so who's... I think that was the... really clear in the mm. press conferences... Um, McRae was asked, will you need to score more? Mm. And he just get, yep, he almost cut the question off. Yep. Yes, and this is about increasing potency. It's hard to imagine on a day like today, it's the winning team doesn't kick 15 goals. I agree, and that's, I think it'll be more open, particularly after halftime. Um, and it may open up even earlier, we do, we're not quite sure, but it's not, just, it's, it's not just kicking the goals, it's taking your opportunities, isn't it? I mean, the, the opportunities are going to be there. And as we've seen right throughout this uh, finals campaign, the accuracy component is strong. Well, I think in grand finals too, you have to play with a bit of dare. You have yeah. to be adventurous. You can't go into a grand final with a game plan that's safe. Um, you have to look for opportunities to score. And Collingwood in both their finals have scored 58 points and 60 points. Yep. It's not enough against Brisbane. No. You're going to have to kick at least 13, 14, 15 goals, I think, to beat mm. Brisbane. And you're right, Jared. If this game is open and free-flowing, if it becomes a running race, yep. um, yeah, you're going, to need, you're going to need to hit the scoreboard. Um, and Brisbane have scored really well against Collingwood. Actually, Collingwood's two biggest scores this year they've given up have both been against Brisbane in round four and round 23. If you follow the line of our score, surely that means Nick Dacos spends more time in the forward line because he is a natural goal kicker. Exactly. And they're hard yeah. to find. That's where you're deploying him then? I would be. I mean, yeah. I'd be putting him... Obviously, Half he's going to be playing through the middle of the ground as part of his rotation. But I'd be having plenty of time close to the goals. And they've got, obviously, that switch of their flick from time to time, Jared, which is Jeremy Howe going forward. Um, but they've gone away from that. Yeah, I don't I mean, like that, was, that one. I yeah. mean, the only reason they're in this grand final is their back line's held mm. up. I mean, their back line has been absolutely magnificent. I don't think any coach is going to dabble with that unless they're there's a crisis. The game. Yeah, if they're chasing the yeah. game late, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Our two coaches, they're such a beautiful picture yeah. of modern coaching, aren't they? They are. I mean, uh, one's the young one coming through, albeit he's 50, but yeah. uh, got his, got his, he feels young. He's certainly young of mind. And uh, the old fellow, well, I've spoken to Fags a lot over the last three or four years. Uh, you, you probably all have on his regular walks. He gives you a ring and uh, just wants to chew the fat, etc. <laughs> and it would be just footy justice if he, if he got there. But uh, football, the footy gods don't always deliver justice. They deliver a lot of pain as, as well as the, uh, the ecstasies. 
But I'd love to see Chris win it. He's, he's prepared well. It's been interesting, a change, Sando, from the ground to the box. Yeah. Uh, whereas he, his uh, younger, uh, younger uh, opposition coach, he, he just does it from the, from the ground. And, and, in fact, it does appear as if the players sort of feed off a bit of his energy down there. So they're two great footy stories either way. I mean, Collingwood were bust two years ago, um, albeit on the back of a you know, very close 2018 yep. runners-up. And the uh, and Brisbane Lions, they were, they were genuinely broken. I mean, they were significant. And you've already talked about the rebuild and the important people in it. But uh, it's just great. And it just goes to show you can rebuild and rebuild quickly. Yeah, and neither traditional pathways to the head coaching job. Both no. wanted it. Yeah. That people just couldn't see it. In yeah. the, and, and they were great footy people in the roles that they had. And yeah. then just through various circumstances, one in an emergency, the Lions were in an emergency, and the other just seeking change and something totally different, and here they are yeah. flour- flourishing. Well, it just goes to show, you know, we've opened up our minds a lot in the coaching caper, in the whole footy caper over the last uh, 10 years. There's probably been more change of philosophy in the last yeah. 10 years than there has been in the previous 100. And it's been great for the game. What's interesting with Craig McRae, he was seen at, at the time as the best development coach in the, in the competition. So he, he gets the credit, and Mason Cox talks about him a lot. Yeah. Like, Craig McRae taught Mason Cox how to play footy, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Uh, but then he was labelled as, he probably can't take that step to an assistant coach because he's such a good development coach. Well, he took that step. And then it was, oh, now he's a very good assistant coach, but probably hasn't got all the tools needed to become a great senior coach. And yep. it was a uh, courageous decision by Collingwood and, and, uh, and Graham Wright, but it's, it's one that's paid off in spades. Jared, we'll see you inside. Great to be here, Jared. We'll see you uh, when the ball bounces. Thanks for stopping by. Jared Healy, member of the Australian Football Hall of Fame, a Brownlow medalist, part of our coverage as the day goes on. Dermot Brereton and his five premierships will arrive in the van shortly. <laughs> Both chief executives, Collingwood and the Brisbane Lions, coming up on Crunch Time next. You're listening to Crunch Time. Zito Power Tools. German-designed quality and innovation powering DIYers. All day, every day. Visit Berwick GWM Havel and test drive the GWM Canon CC. Part of the Berwick Motor Group. Our grand final edition of Crunch Time. We're about to speak with both chief executives, Greg Swan from the Lions, Craig Kelly from the Pies, Brenton Sanderson's to be joined by Dermot Burton coming up, Jared Waitley and Sam Edmund with you. Crunch Time is for Azito, powering DIYs all day, every day at Bunnings. He's one of, uh, he's one of the stayers in our AFL administration. He served at Collingwood and at Carlton, and then he was conscripted to the Brisbane Lions for the good of the club, for the good of the code in Queensland. And he's got his club to its first grand final in 19 years. Greg Swan, welcome to Crunch Time. Uh, thanks for having me on, boys. What's the vibe? Uh, the vibe's good. It's, um, yeah, we've had a big week. We, you know, we had a heap here at yesterday training. We had, um, I was saying something before, they asked me about the growth of the code. And I said, when I first started, we played... Uh, GWS up at the Gabba and I think we had 7,000 people and we might have even counted feet in those days but um, to have 10,000 sort of come out and watch us train yesterday it just shows you know the growth in us and the growth in the code and you know we, we're loving it we've been we, we, we always said this week that we 
you know, take it all in and, uh, yeah, our boys are they're in good good spirits and good shape. Have you had a favourite scene? Like, it was hard not to be swept up in the standing ovation for Fags when he came out to put mm. the cones down yesterday. That, that was that was funny. Uh, yeah, he played up a little bit to the crowd and he was sort of doing a few tricks and putting the cones down and they were all roaring. He didn't know that, he didn't know there was that many out there. But, yeah, that was really good, actually. And, um, and then they started belting out uh, Country Road and that, <laughs> that, that was good. But, yeah, that was good fun. And, and look, the parade... Yeah, they loved the parade. They, they they all laughed about some of the advice they were getting from some of the Collingwood supporters on the way around, which was always a bit, of, you know, all pretty good humour. Like, Fags didn't realise he said, I didn't realise I was as old as they all told me I was. But, uh, <laughs> um, and, yeah, so, anyway, but they've, they've, yeah, we've just uh, lapped it all up, and, yeah, we're, we're, we're loving it. In in Brisbane, and it's been identified as the battleground between the codes, is it a blessing or a curse to share the week with the Broncos? Oh, I think it's okay, to be yeah. honest. I, I think... Um, and we're both in really similar spots. Like we're we're both the underdogs. We're both sort of away from home in in the in the enemy territory with you know them for Penrith and who have won two in a row already. So yeah, we're pretty similar. I mean we, you know we we probably both got the ability to score and yeah. So it's sort of against the pros and the good defenders against the probably the attacking teams. So there's a lot of synergies. Yeah, there is. But we get on well with the Bronx. Contrary to you know everyone sort of trying to kill each other off the field we you know Dave Donahue's the CEO and we talk a lot and um, you know we have cross pollination with tackling and we go over and help them teach them to kick and all that sort of stuff and the players their players come and have been in our rooms after our wins and now guys have been over there so yeah we, we get on well and it's it's a, it's big for Brisbane this weekend there's no doubt about it they're they're all pumped about us today and and, and then tomorrow yeah Swanee, you mentioned Fags. It's hard not to immediately go to him when you think of Brisbane. So this time last year, I think he'd already taken a leave of absence. Then he re-signs yep. at the club for a few more years. And now you're over the hump and into a grand final under, I guess, the, the Fagan project, as it were. I mean, that's a that's a big 12 months for one man. Huge. And it probably gets a little bit undersold. I mean, everybody's aware of it. But certainly in the early stages... Yeah, it was a huge story. Like, you know, it, it's funny as time goes on, it fades a bit. But it was massive at the time. Um, everyone was scrambling a bit. You know, what's this mean? Where does it go? What happens with it? Um, so yeah, we yeah he, he did stand down, and we just sort of took the heat out of it. But then as it went, and and the thing the, the thing for us is we just knew the guy, and we just knew that you know what was purported and things. That, that that's not Chris Fagan. Like that, he doesn't do stuff like that. So it was sort of we were always backing him but you know you had to get some facts and try and work out what what exactly was happening but yeah we we were we'd been in the process of extending him and we had to put that on hold a bit but then when he came back we thought nah we're just going to keep going as we were and we extended him out and um you know he's been he's been enormous for us and you know we've you know we yeah we've been close to no cigar and everybody's sort of oh you know it's the coach's fault you know how it works then though you lose and it's the coach's fault but you know we we probably thought especially when we first got there we weren't ready you know we we just didn't have enough experience and but it's been great experience to get help us get to where we are now and so i think uh coming into this final series we were the most uh most experienced team in the finals so i don't know if anyone's spoken about that but you know, we've played a lot of finals now, and our kids aren't kids anymore. Hugh McCluggage mm. and Jared Berry and all those guys who were there as kids. Um, yeah, they're all 100-game plus. Zach Bailey, Cam Rayner, all of them are 100-game plus, and they've all played a lot of finals. So, so yeah, we think we're ready. Yeah, we're ready to go. What about the mood of the players, Swanee? It's, 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 I was so lucky just to bump in a, a few of the boys on my way to the ground. They're just staying here at the Pullman, just yep. across the road. Yep. 
from the MCG, which potentially can be a risk because you're right in the heart of all the energy of the yeah. of the grand final. But the boys just seem so relaxed, and maybe that's yeah. this generation. So, spoke to Charlie Cameron. He was just having a coffee with a few mates. Yeah. Um, uh, Hugh McCluggage was just going for a walk through the park, and yep. and you mentioned Barry. He just got dropped. He's had had, had breakfast with Adam Trelaw, you know, obviously oh, who, yeah. were, who were who were good mates here. So I don't know. Maybe it's just gener this this generation, but they just seem so calm on on yeah, their yeah. final day. Yeah, and no, I saw a few of this morning, and and the same. Like I, it, <laughs> you get to it yourself, you know. It only it's probably more as an administrator. You just realize. Well, a few things for me. You know, just the people that have supported you forever. You know, we haven't won one for 20 years. And, you know, people are stuck. And then, you know, whether it's sponsors and members and things like that. You know, and we've got a great Fitzroy contingent in Melbourne. It'd be great for them to win. But, you know, for internally, yeah, we, you know, we've had a few kicks in the last few years. Oh, you know, they're, they're good home and away team. They can't win finals, all that sort of stuff. So it'll be good for our, our group to, to hopefully get over the line. I mean, even, like, I'm not suggesting that making it's good enough, like, We've all said all week, and even straight after the game, there's one to go. Like, we've got to win this. But, you know, even getting over that hump. So last year we won a final at the G, which we hadn't been able to do. And this year we've made a grand final, which we hadn't been able to do. So now let's hope we can win a flag, which we haven't been able to do. And what about on field today? What are you most worried about about Collingwood? Um, probably the fast starts. Yep. They've been good in the last couple of finals to get off. And then, you know, they do defend well. So once they get in front, they're hard to run yep. down. So we... <laughs> As weird as it is, I think we've actually got the best record in first quarters. <laughs> but after last week, it was like, <laughs> what happened there? You know, we were just off the boil. Like, Carlton were really good, but, you know, we, we just, you know, we fumbled. We yep. were half a step off the pace. And maybe that was because we only played one game in 28 days or whatever it was. So, But we did catch them up pretty quickly. And then I thought we controlled the game yep. really well after half time. So... I think that's the piece. We just, you know, and you want to take the crowd out of it if you can and just, yeah, just get off to a good start. I mean, look, nobody's saying that it's uh, going to make a difference, but, you know, we we play in this all the time, these 28 degrees. This is people, even me, you know, walking around here, people go, it's hot, and you go, not really. Not, <laughs> not when you come from Brisbane, it isn't. It's just standard. So, um, you know, who knows how what that plays as the game goes on. Maybe a couple of personal reflections. So in 02 and 03, you're the Collingwood Chief Executive when you meet the Lions. Has that mm. sort of played on your mind at all this week? Yeah, it's a little bit ironic. It's 20 years ago. Yeah, I, I'm, I, the only thing I have said is I hope the result's the same. Yes. Um, I didn't hope it was then, but, yeah, look, I, I that, was, that was, a you know, we had a similar thing. We had a great, uh, we came from... When I started, I think at the end of '99, we we're on the bottom, and then we end up playing in two grand finals within a couple of years. So, but I've I've got that Brisbane team on my wall, and we did really well to even get what we did out of the out of those games because that Brisbane team was, you know, when you look at it, there's, you know, I think there's four Brownlow medalists, and there's, you know, all Australians everywhere, and Hall of Famers everywhere in those teams. So we we probably didn't have that talent, but we were really well coached and. We just had blokes that were buying in, you know, and that, and that's that's sort of I think what we've got at the moment too. So, and when you go to Brisbane, it feels like you're probably conscripted mm. in on behalf of the codes. It felt like something of a salvage mission. I'm sure there's a million decisions: the hiring of Chris Fagan, the recruiting of yep. Lockie Neal, who goes two Brownlows, a second and a third. Yeah. From from what you are asked to do, what you were challenged to do, and the scenario that you walked into to get it to today, is it is it full of meaning for you? Oh, it is, and I mean, it, it, there's a whole lot of markers. And I, I told this story before that when I got there, Steph Martin said to me, he said, "You know, you're, you'll know you've made it when we run on the ground." Actually, it was against Collingwood, and when we run on the ground and we don't get booed, 
you know, as in we fill the stadium with our own supporters, we, yep. we would always rely on half of the opposition. Well, we don't anymore. We fill the stadium. We've got 54,000 members. We started with high teens when I got there. We fill the stadium. We don't need the opposition. So, you know, that, that's been a massive change. And so, you know, if I touch base with Steph, I said, well, what's happened, Steph? You know, so, um, so the code itself's grown. And it is on the back of us having success. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, yeah, there's a whole lot of factors. But, I mean, the, the, the most telling one is when, you know, we appointed Fags. Danny Daly's a fantastic footy manager, great football person. Um, and so those guys, you know, there's, it's really calm. And, and probably all of us, to a degree, you know, we talk about the grey hair in our place, but we have seen a lot. And so yeah. nothing really phases us too much, you know, like whether it's Fags or Danny or myself. And it's like, well, well, that's a bit of a hiccup. Let's go and, you know, we'll do this instead or whatever. So, but, yeah, you do. Like when, when you get a day like today, and as I said, when we walked out yesterday and saw all those Lions fans at MCG at training, you just go, well... Yeah, I really like that part of the footy. I like that, you know, the fans are engaged and, you know, they're, they're proud of their club. And it, it, they probably weren't in the old days. We, yeah. we weren't very good and we weren't very sexy. But you're right, like, our list management, recruiting, you know, to get... You know, when Hodgie came up, that was huge. He came the same year as Charlie. So Charlie came, then the next year Lockie came with Lynn McCarthy. Then Joe came. Well, we couldn't get anybody to come in the early days. like, And so, so they were pivotal moments for us. And then... Um, you know, yeah, we've been, we've, you know, we've recruited well. Um, our draft picks have been good, and um, yeah, we've got the, uh, you know, that old cliche. We've got the right people in the right slots. There's always a bit of a lag, so you know, you let them in there and let them do their job. But it, you know, you always want it to turn quicker. But you know, we went from second last to second in one year, and then we've been up there ever since. So yeah, it's it's we think it's sustainable now. So um, yeah, let's hope that we win, we can win today and turn up here. It's much better when you're in it than when you're not, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's no coincidence that good people build success wherever they go. You stand as testament to that. What would a premiership mean to you? Well, I've never won one. Yeah. No, never. And I, I try not to... Th I mean, look, I don't play or anything, but yeah, I'd be pretty chuffed. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be happy if we could win one. Uh, it probably just finishes the resume up. I'm sort of the nearly man as well, so this is my third uh, grand final, but... Uh, and hopefully Brisbane can win three of them. So they won the first two I was in. Hopefully we can win another one today. But, yeah, look, it'd be great. And as I said, it'd be great for the people, like even our staff. Like I, I mean, when I got there, you know, I'd say, you know, we're going to raise the bar and, we, you know, and I reckon they'd look at me and go, you're kidding, aren't you? Like, we're, we're no good. Like, what are we doing here? But, you know, we, they've seen it happen as well. And, um, yeah, so all, all that, all the staff and all the coaches and, you know, and even all the players that have been on the way, like, you know, we... Daniel Rich, um, guys like the, you know, and even uh, even though Jack Gunson's just got here, you know, who had injuries and couldn't play, but you know, Richie especially, he's been a like probably the face of the club to be honest for the last 10, 12 years, and so for him to miss out, it's pretty sad. But that's you know, that's just the evolution of footy. You know, you Kadeen Coleman plays, and uh, young Darcy Wilmot plays, and then Conor McKenna comes in, and it just it's a different. We've actually added speed back there, which we didn't have last year, so that's that's been a and we'll need it today because McCreary and Bobby Hill and all those, you know, they're quick little buggers. So it's going to be a good challenge for us there. Swanee, it's great of you to stop by on a, on a big occasion. Good luck for the day ahead. Thanks for having me on, guys. Cheers. Greg Swan's the chief executive of the Brisbane Lions. So the quick shuffle in the van here is Craig Kelly's a Collingwood Premiership player from those storied events of 1990. He's come back to the club as the chief executive this year. Craig, it's great to have you with us on Crunch Time. 
Well, it's great to be here on grand final day, working, not just watching. So uh, very excited. Uh, good friend of mine next to you, Sando. We've uh, fortunate enough to be around here a little bit, so it's good. And we've seen the full demonstration of the might of the Magpie Army mm. over the past few days and, and this morning. They're, they're, it's, it's, it is humbling to be back um, and to be part of it because uh, they're such wonderful people and supporters as crazy as they can be. They are passionate um, with the setup we've got. With the, I just thank all the staff of the club. Um, it's not just the players, it's the event staff, it's the executive team. And uh, to put on what they do for so many people and the live site back there and uh, you know, after the game, all going well. Um, it's it's a, it's a lot of work. So happens all year. And, uh, and also I've got the AFL women happening, to, happening today at Punt Road. So good luck to the girls. They should be playing soon. So it'll be good. And for, for all your fans, and it is a monstrosity of a club, it's, what did you learn on the ticketing front? Would it be different next time around, or is this just inevitable given that the size of the club? No, it's, it's it, well, and Gil and I had a few jabs at each other, but we're, we're really good mates. And as I said to him and Kylie Rogers and Jeff Jones from Ticketet, it's, it's all of us. It's, it's the, the footy club with Ticketet, with the AFL, and we're having, a, having a, an increase in the amount of fans going to the game since Jared, the last time we had two big clubs here was a long time ago. And this, and with greatest respect, if it was Carlton Collingwood with, against, uh, versus the Lions, um, it's even bigger. So 17,000 is not enough. How we distribute those to our, our members can be better, and I've got a few ideas. We'll be looking at that afterwards, and, uh, and the crew with Jeff Jones and his crew will we'll get it right next time, and I'll be sending an email to all those Legends members um, and explaining it to them. So we'll just communicate along the way. It'll get better, um, and we need more, and we'll just keep lobbing now deals. We can grab deals. He's a little bit shorter than Gil, so we'll grab him and get him sorted out. <laughs> we were marvelling, or Sando was anyway, uh, Craig, at how relaxed the modern day player is. I mean, I'm not sure if prior to 1990 <laughs> you'd ever think you'd be at the Mooney Valley races the night before a game as Jack Ginnivan was last night, but yeah. they seem so relaxed. Well, and everyone everyone wants to make a big thing of that. that Jack does that at most weekends. Yep. Well, I mean, there's, there's, loves the races, loves the, just going out there relaxing and he's such a relaxed kid and he's a beautiful kid and everyone wants to make a hoo-ha about it. It's not true. The weird thing is, I reckon right where we're here now is about where we parked our cars. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And we'd park our cars, and it was packed, and you'd walk through to the ground, and you'd want to play really well, being a Collingwood player, and you'd want to win, because getting back to your car could be a really good experience or a really bad experience. <laughs> but uh, it is not change, down in the change rooms. Players across the road now getting changed. We've got bo golf carts bringing our crew across. It's fantastic. Uh, the, uh, you'd love to be doing it now, Santa. Oh, for sure. Ned, and what about, obviously, you played in 1990, which was a massive day mm. for the club. And now you're the, now you're the club CEO. And congratulations. It's been Thanks, a great mm -hmm. 12 months for you and all that you've done. How, how is it different now? I mean, you're sitting here in a circuit, but the between obviously preparing to play and preparing the club for a, for a massive grand final. Yeah, I, I think the, the great thing, Righty and Fly, with, you know, obviously Brownie um, put in place, they've had 12 months ahead of me. So the footy program's um, going well, um, obviously. Uh, but also, it's not just the program, it's all the activities go around at how they look after the players, the, the, all the families. All the families have been with us all week. We've had 
uh, breakfast with them yesterday and they've all come up, every one of them, and said it's just a great experience. So that's sort of in motion. And then the, the, the footy, the other side of the club, um, we just needed to get a bit more organised and a few things. Wonderful people, but... Um, we probably weren't planning further enough ahead and thinking of different things and, you know, different eyes come in and, uh, and I've got some different thoughts and a couple other new people, Ian Patterson, Nadine from the AFL, and uh, it's good. It's, and, and, and the difference is, I think, Sando, it, it's bigger, but it's also clubs are so much more organised and it feels like the players, like we were saying, Jerry, before, about it's a lot more relaxed. Yep. It's just not as intense. It's sort of, it, everything just feels slower and even after the game, we, we won the, the cup, we ran around as fast as we could and we went down the rooms. Yeah. How stupid. Yeah. Like, why would we ever, what, why? Now they stay out there for hours and, yeah. and soak it up. I go, I wish I could have my time again because that's what makes it such a special day. The father-son. I mean, the father-son yeah. rule is just probably the yeah, best rule in footy and your club's got such a rich history with it. Now your captain being Darcy. Who made the call for Peter to potentially present the cup and do you allow yourself to think how magical it would be for Peter, who missed out so many times, to hand the cup to his son would just be an amazing sight coming into the game. Um, you might have noticed over the few last few weeks, Peter's been sitting next to the the president. It's uh, he wants that to happen. The president <laughs> is very, very calm but very excitable when we kick a goal. So having Maury next to him, I sit in front of him. He slaps me on the head when I do we do something good or bad, so I get hit in the head a lot. <laughs> but then he raised um, he raised some weeks ago. Wouldn't it be nice and. Uh, he and I approached uh, Gil and Kylie and the crew, Law, uh, Law at the AFL, and they said that's a great idea. Yeah. So, fingers crossed. Awesome. It is great. When it came time for Collingwood to appoint their new coach post-Bucks, and mm. you probably knew the coaching landscape better than anybody else, what did you think when Collingwood chose Craig McRae? And did you know Craig very well at that point? Well, the old place managed him. Yep. So, we managed Bucks, which was... Um, Great thing, Righty and Bucks uh, had some really good conversations and the class of Bucks uh, and the class of Righty meant that that was handled well, Bucks, and you're close to that as well, yep. mate, because you're in there, Brendan, and so, um, and, and it was the right thing. It was, it was the, you know, I think any coach has been somewhere in 10 or 12 years of the club, uh, same with most senior roles in the club, you need to flip it over. Um, so when, you know, Fly, um, you know, there's obviously a couple of people Roddy spoke to. I remember Roddy rang me and said, I reckon Fly's it. And we also had the opportunity to put around him Leper with Bolts. Um, again, uh, we knew what they were doing. So getting that connection right with Roddy and then, um, you know, resetting it and bringing in... Jared Wade is a guy that goes unnoticed. He's the um, the fitness guru, um, and he's got an NRL slash AFL background. He's he's a freak. He's a mate. Doesn't smile much. Grumpy, <laughs> grumpy most of the times, but love him lots. He's amazing. So it's such a big position historically. That was the one question coming in. Was Craig yeah. McRae a big enough figure to fill that role? Did you have a view on that? I, I think with big clubs, you need to. It's not one person. And Brendan, I think, will support me with here. Is just that the even with Bucks, it, it's it was. Um, um, there's a lot of noise that goes around. So if you don't have enough people to take the pressure away from that and calm everything down and keep a lid on it, that's what we've been trying to do across the whole business to allow us, the whole club, just to allow us to let people do what they want to do. So it's it's not one role, mate. And and with a big club like you know, Essendon, Carlton, Collingwood, they're the same. You've got to get a group of people around the coach, the right alignment with the board, uh, you know, Brownie's completely aligned and then through to myself with Wrighty, it's 
just makes life a bit easier and fun. At the end of the day, the whole thing we keep saying, we want to have fun. So what's his gift that you've seen, Craig McRae, in a year close to him? Just engagement of family, past players, people, having no stress at all. The the concept of not allowing media in and not doing that, I mean, just please. um, The players are used to embrace it, enjoy it this whole week, and I think that's the difference. He just wants everyone to come back and he doesn't get stressed. A couple of big selection calls too, by the mm. way, wasn't there? So Lipinski, who'd been so good for you throughout the year, made us the sub. I mean, and then Dan McStay, a lot they made of him and, and I guess his absence. Yeah, and Sam, he was so good last week, yeah. that early bit. And, but Billy Frampton, so I, you know, I know Billy quite well because he played with my son Jake yeah. when he was at the Crows and Jake and Riley O'Brien made a real effort to go and see him and get him watched today. So he's, uh, he'll play his role. I think the thing you've noticed with the, the coach and the style is there's a role to play and uh, he'll have to do that. I mean, I really feel for Daniel, he's such a ripping bloke. Mm. But, um, no, it's great. It's, I mean, every grand final's got a sad, mm. sad moment, sad story. And yet it feels like it could be a classic today. You've got the two best teams yeah. from this year and you obviously know the game really well. What do you have to do well to beat Brisbane today? Oh, I think you, you, you get this from the, the, the flying all of them. It's just all that pressure. Yep. Yeah, you've got that real intense pressure that Carlton applied for the first quarter last week. We need to do that the whole game because if you don't, they just get out and they're quick and yep. uh, away they go. So um, that's our that's our, our you know, that's our main driver stick that we go with. So um, you know that that's what they'll be bringing. What would a premiership mean to to you, to the Collingwood club, <laughs> and to the Collingwood community mean today? Do you think? Oh, just the fans. Um, you know, walking over and um, <laughs> you just forget how much it means and how much money they they just give you like they, they just you know and I felt for them with the seating arrangement we had to change this year and then the ticketing and you know you just then they come to our shop and honestly I just I, I love the players and all that but I'd just be stoked for all these amazing people that continually put their hand in their pocket when things might be pretty tough at home. Craig great to have you here. Appreciate it guys. Thanks. Good luck. Thank you Thanks, for you guys Craig. and all your support. Cheers guys. Craig Kelly the Collingwood Chief Executive with us on Crunch Time uh, while we've been chatting this must be like must be like being Santa on Christmas Day, I reckon. Dermot Burton on Grand Final Day. Dermot, it's great to have you here on Crunch Time. Good afternoon, gentlemen. It's it's wonderful. I've said it to you before, Jared. I've seen my two kids born, and the eight other best days of my life are the Grand Finals I got to play in. So some young men out there are going to remember this day as the best day of their life forever. I love when... So the environment plays a role. So it's hot yep. as Hades today. Yep. Does it take you back to 87? Yes, unfortunately. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and saw Reese a few times during the week with all the all the pageantry that goes on in grand final week. Wonderful man, played beautifully. Um, yes, yeah, super, super talent, good fella. It does. The, the, whatever the climate of the day is, it takes you back to those moments. I can remember this side of the ground when it was that cold grey exterior that rose straight up the wall on the back of the northern stand and that's the side you entered. And then you went into the tunnel down. I can remember walking through harsh, hot sunlight to get there. And our uniform back in those days was a gold-coloured uh, um, polo shirt and a gold-sleeved blue lapelled, but with a Hawthorne insignia, bomber jacket. And we were expected to wear our uniform. We had to get permission from the club not to wear the bomber jacket on the day. And, and of course, the most unusual circumstance of that day was the great Michael Tuck wore... 
short sleeve yep. <laughs> for the for the one and only time in 426 occasions. Yeah, so yeah, it does bring back memories. All right, yeah. we're going to trawl through some of those shortly with us. We live vicariously through mm. you, I reckon, at a time. Like Who's leading the longest kick, Sam? Well, if you're looking for omens and you're barrack for the Brisbane Lions, and there's a few of them gathered around us here today, Jared, at the SEN uh, caravan. Daniel Rich has just unleashed a 69 and a half oh. metre thunderbolt, nearly carried the uh, river. I tell you what, he's been under. Serious threat from none other than Brendan Favola, deep into retirement. <laughs> and the Fev's put all of his weight behind. He got to within 10 centimetres of him, Fev, but Daniel Rich gone to another level. 69.5, pretty high level this year because Adam Sard's regularly topping the, the 60 metre mark as well. Righto, that's on Fox Footy at the moment. We'll bring you up to speed on the latest ticketing, which is going to be an enduring story out of this grand final, and hopefully it will lead to yep. some of the necessary change that is required, and we'll take you to the game itself that's going to unfold at the MCG today. Dermot Burton alongside Brenton Sanderson now on Crunch Time. You're listening to Crunch Time. The Zito Power Tools. German design quality and innovation powering DIYers. All day, every day. Visit Berwick GWM Havel and test drive the GWM Canon CC. Part of the Berwick Motor Group. Grand final day at the MCG. Crunch time. Dermot Burton alongside Brenton Sanderson, Jared Whaley and Sam Edmund with you. It has been a big week of news. Cobram Estates, Australia's most awarded to extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold pressed in northern Victoria. Sam, the, the ticket issues have run all the way through, yeah. including to right now. Yeah, and unfortunately for some fans, Jared, looking to access the grand final today, that frustration has lingered all the way through until the final couple of hours. So the Melbourne Cricket Club, the oldest sporting club in Australia, as we said earlier, initially 7,500 walk-ups for full members. They didn't fill that, unbelievably. They tried to open it up to restricted members, and then the frustration issued. Tickets couldn't be accessed online. They were being sold at the ground initially, and updates come through 11 minutes ago. Um, the issue has been rectified, says the MCC. Tickets will continue to be sold until the allocation has been exhausted. Several replies to that tweet saying they were exhausted 20 minutes ago. Right. Some saying they got tickets at the ground. There uh, issues online, so just a mess even for the Melbourne Cricket Club, who normally do it so well. And we know the issue that Collingwood supporters had throughout the year. So seemingly Brisbane Lions, their process ran very, very smoothly in terms of their tiered member system. Uh, issues seemingly everywhere else to get into this game, Derek. So it seems as though those who were proactive and rolled up to the ground yep. and fronted the ticket window. Old school. Old you, school. You got one. Cash across the counter for you, a ticket. You went to gate two. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You got a ticket, a hard copy ticket, if you don't mind, when it was they were seemingly told it was going to be online-based. So all sorts of frustration and confusion. If you got a ticket, you're counting your, your lucky stars. If you didn't, then you'll have the sympathy of us. I know it's, as you say, old school, and it's slightly different in issue. How beautiful was it to keep the ticket that you were issued yeah. with to a grand final and a grand final win. Yeah. A lot of people used to do that. The old stub. you got to keep it in your phone as a photo now. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to put it in the scrapbook between underneath the cellophane. So, yeah, it's the, it's the annual debate, isn't it? The, the ticket breakdown that I suspect will never be properly resolved. It can't be resolved. The Collingwood have got more members than we can fit into the ground on their own. So it's the annual debate. But surely the process can run smoother than what it has done this week. Yes. Is, is, there, a, is there a break? Breakdown we think is fair. Do you, if Collingwood make it in a new devised breakdown, would they get more tickets than, say, a, an Essendon if they made it or another big drawing Victorian team? So I think part of today is 
once we see the colours inside. So how much of the AFL reserve is Collingwood people? Yep. How much of the MCC reserve is Collingwood people? To understand, so your 17,000 is your members, but there are clearly Collingwood supporters who hold other memberships. Yep. So what does that look like? So we know there are 9,000 dedicated corporate tickets, and then the rest of the spread is a little bit hard to understand. Mm. We want to see what the visual is like. So, you, But you wouldn't make, according to a club membership basis, you wouldn't award, say, more of a... You, you wouldn't give 17,000 to one, and some team might have been 10,000 less members. They get 16,000. You wouldn't make that division. You'd make it a, a divisible number by the total seats in the ground, and that's the way I, you go, I, and that's locked in. Yeah, for, I think that's the way. Yeah. And clearly, Collingwood are going to have to reflect on is if you sell... A Legends, package. yeah. They not only have to get tickets, but they have to get the best tickets. That, and and so that was where clearly yeah. Brisbane did this right. They they prioritised them. Yep. Got ahead of P two, ahead of P three. Whereas Collingwood went into a ballot with all those who are guaranteed tickets, and that didn't work. So you had a situation where third tier members were getting better seats yeah. than those who pay twelve hundred bucks a year and, and for five years in advance. The Legends and the Club Five members, which which probably isn't right. So that yeah, that, and that's just frankly not okay in what you're selling yeah. to your people. Hey, do. When you get asked throughout the week what it takes to be successful on grand final day, would you give us a, a little feel of, of what you've deduced from your own experiences and seen over the years? Yep. And the overarching word is everything. <laughs> it takes everything. The one thing I noticed about grand final day, you, you, can, you can make mistakes during the year and you can rectify them. You can't rectify the mistakes on grand final day. So when I would speak to, say, a young player, I'd say, this game will be made up of 10,000 moments. And a moment might be when you see a bloke step out of the pack onto his correct foot and you lead at the, at the drop of the hat, click of the fingers. Another moment might be you've led too early. He's, he can't get to the outside of the pack. But if you can recognise the most moments when to react in best fashion, put those moments back to back. The person who makes the best choice on all those thousands of moments, and if you have enough teammates who make best choice on those thousands of moments at any one given time, you've got a good chance. <laughs> Doesn't mean you'll make it. But I know people say, we'll take a game by game, quarter by quarter. No, you take it moment by moment. The longer I was in it, the more I used to get nervous because I realised every moment was just precious. When you were a youngster, you just, you're out there and you go, oh, my talent will take over. That'll be fine. Yeah, oh, I missed that one. I'll get the next one. And you've got a little bit of bravado and perhaps your talent and your, your running skill and prowess does cover that. But when you know the gravity of it, every moment counts. And is it just another game? Look, with all due respect to... And I'm not saying it flippantly or to have a tongue-in-cheek laugh. And, and we, we know the people. And I don't think any less of them when they haven't played in a premiership. And they are champion players. But when I hear people say, oh, a grand final win doesn't define me, I would say, well, that's fine for you, and I understand that. It's defined me. I, I, I felt that it gives you the gravitas for the rest of your career in media, having been there, knowing 
what it takes in those moments, what it takes to get it done, it has. It, it, it has defined me of my working life. So I would say grand finals are everything. Yeah. And winning them and losing them, so you've got so many to choose from. Poles apart. Yeah. What, what lives with you more? That's a great question. I'm so proud of the wins. But if you're saying what lives with me more, I think more about the 1987 Premiership than any other. Sure enough, I get saturated with questions about the 89 Premiership because it was such a classic. But what lives with me more is the errors I made in 87. I was talking to Sando off air before, and there are things that happened in the 87 Premiership where I didn't and wasn't true to who I am and was born to be. I was a combative soul, and people told me, you know, around the club, you're, you're going to be the sole key forward. You win your spot. You play well. We will win. And and then they finish, they, they carry on with, you must play the ball. You must be a footballer. My soul was, you punch me in the back of the head, I'm going to turn around and throw one back at you, and then I'll go the ball. But that was my combative nature. And I'd get punched in the head. I'd see Russell Morris get stormed by two opposition players. And I said, let him fight that battle. 99, 211 games I played. I reckon for 210, I would have said, I'm over there. I'm fighting with him. I just thought, no, play the ball. And that was a massive error. I wasn't who I was meant to be. So, yeah, that lives with me. And they bashed us up that day. And I'm not, I know history suits but the most brutal and physical football our club and myself ever played was 1988, the season after 87. Mm. That was never going to happen to us again. Yep. So that, and it still lives with me because I think the one that got, had we won that, I know there's ifs and I say the had we, we'd have won five in a row. <laughs> we definitely would have won four in a row. So, yeah, that was the missing one. It would have been 86. The 87 loss, 88, 89. So, yeah, yeah it lives with me. Mm, I love hearing your stories on a day like today, Derm. Just a, a quick snapshot of the week that we've had, Sam. So do you think... I feel certain we will have change around the Brownlow medal next year. I feel like yeah. one of Andrew Dillon's first steps will be to give umpires access to some level of statistical analysis when they cast their votes. Well, most people, I think, believe that the umpires have always had access to stats when they actually haven't. It's one of the great myths around the Brownlow. The umpires, by the way the laws are written in place by the AFL, shouldn't. Now, they have done because they're human, Jared. And when they are sitting there in a trusted trio, as they were prior to this year, they would often get the mobile phones out and have a look at the stats. If they're umming, or well, should Derm get three or should Sando get three, well, let's have a look. They often did that. And they, historically speaking, had the emergency umpire who'd been there to watch from the bench and maybe glanced up at the scoreboard and saw some stats from time to time. He or she would come in as well and sometimes be the arbiter in, in discussions, but they didn't have the emergency umpire this year. So in many ways... And they didn't get the phones out this year because of what happened last year with all the all the hysteria around integrity being compromised. So in many ways, they were flying blind this year. And it is hard to believe that they aren't allowed access to any form of statistical data, which I think is silly. To it's be ridiculous, really. It's a miracle they get as close as they do, given what we deprive them. Exactly. So I think, yes, it's the umpire's award and should always be the fairest and the best, but give them some help. I mean, we're... We're asking them to do it with an arm tied behind their back in many respects in the modern game. So 
I'd like to think that will change. It was happening anyway prior to, obviously, uh, what happened 12 months ago. So hopefully, yeah, it is instituted among the many other changes I'm sure Andrew Dillon might make. Well, I actually think that should happen what happens today on Grand Final Day. I think it's our most prestigious award still, the Brownlow. And the umpires have got enough on their plate uh, trying to officiate the game, let alone trying to recall moments or critical times or who the the best players were. I actually like today's model where you've got... and I, I know that then becomes a media award, mm. but you've got some great football minds today watching this game. Um, and I think it should happen every home and away game because you know the commentary schedule. You can allocate a, a panel of five who will then get together and decide who the 3-2-1 is. I think that's... So you're you relieving want, the umpires of the Yes, I am. I think they've got such an important role to play. And Stand I know up. the history, I don't know, the, uh, the romance of the umpires giving the best players. It's a hard job. It's a hard job to officiate the game. Oh, yeah, and now who were the best players? Yeah, yeah. Because it's so prestigious, but I'm probably in the, in the minority there. So it has to be incredibly difficult because, as I was saying, as a player, the moment passes, and for an umpire making a decision, yeah. the moment passes, you have to approach the next ball movement with a clean mind. Unfettered by what's gone yeah. before it. So it's hard to then go, oh, I've just seen... Um, 900 possessions in this game, eight to 900 possessions. Oh, who had the biggest effect? Mm. I've just cleaned, I've had 900 times I've had to clean my mind and say, right, the next one. So it's very difficult. Now, this, this would be revolutionary, but I, and this is from the lips of an AFL coach, and they've talked about their own model, and they are, they're not, doing it yet, but they've even discussed in this AFL club, we might even turn it into a, a periodical meeting with all our football department, not players obviously, football department, and we pick our best and fairest and the run of best and fairest players, first down to 10, whatever it is, similar to an All-Australian team. So at various times we work out who has been our best player, second, third, fourth, and that will go periodically. Now, obviously, you get 23 periodical uh, times you do it after a game. But they, but this fellow was talking about it's bigger than somebody doing something on the day and then go away and then come back and get another high vote on another day, an easier game. They, he's viewing it as total give to the club, as in the playing capabilities, which you can understand that, but it'd be revolutionary in a vote count type situation. Mm. If Gil McLaughlin was here, though, Jared, he'd say, well, the best players still finished at the pointy end of the, yeah, of yeah, the leaderboard anyway. So. Uh, and I think um, the Brownlow wouldn't be the Brownlow if we outsourced it. Yeah. Correct. It'd, be, it'd become something different, and it still might be great, or it might not be, but uh, it wouldn't be what it has been. It's funny, the NRL does have your system, Sando, for the Dally M's, and they think it's broken. Yeah. And they're trying to figure out how to overhaul it. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny how these things run in tandem between yeah. our two dominant codes in this country. They now hate their system. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Having gone to what you said. And I, how will North Melbourne's assistance package shape the trade period? Do you- they could, this is the thing. There's no guarantee they will keep their two end of second uh, first rounders next year, Jared. That's subject to review. But at the same time, they've allowed North Melbourne to use them this year because you can trade future picks, of course. So if you're North Melbourne, you're probably thinking you're going to use them all. You've got four first rounders this year. You've got 
three next year potentially. You took the couple last year. You're going to have, over a course of a three-year period, access to something like nine first-round draft picks. And there's always a lag to these things, which is what the Chris Scotts of the world yeah. say, that surely we've given them enough already. Uh, as I said earlier, Alistair Clarkson accused him of having amnesia today at the grand final Brexit, <laughs> which was a good laugh. And there was a bit of back and forth between the two of them. But make no mistake, the rival club's furious. And, and a lot of that yeah. was detectable on the way into the Brownlow in the hours after the package was formulated and North Melbourne asked for more as you do you make an amber claim they wanted more than what they were given so if I'm North Melbourne Jared absolutely do they trade up for four do they trade up for one do yep. they try to bring a big, a big fish in from another club yep. they hold the keys to so much of what's about to happen the news of the week Australia's most trusted plant medicine doctors book your online appointment at alternaleaf.com.au our weather forecast today for Rainbird, the intelligent use supporter. Have a look at that. Have a look what's just come up on my app. Oh, a little change. 40% chance of rain at 1 o'clock and 2 o'clock to Ooh. mix with 27. I don't give Kiss any chance if it rains. If it's 28 <laughs> degrees plus raining, <laughs> they got no chance. That's Kiss Make it running. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> now that's pressure, Derm. Forget performing on Grand Final. Right, don't <laughs> Come with on, the performance, the performance of their career going <laughs> global. Um, more on Crunch Time with Dermot Brereton and Brenton Sanderson next. Our website for details. You're listening to Crunch Time. Zito Power Tools. German-designed quality and innovation powering DIYers. All day, every day. Visit Berwick GWM Havel and test drive the GWM Canon CC. Part of the Berwick Motor Group. We'll get Dermot Burton and Brenton Sanderson to give us their final thoughts on the grand final coming up in a few moments' time. But right now, let's do a little bit of dabbling with Josh Jeans. It's time to say hey to the social bet with Dabble. Josh Jeans has joined us for a banter and a bet. Go on, have a dabble. You win some, you lose more. Thanks, Jared, and thanks for the year. One last time, we'll try and hit the same game multi for grand final day, of course. Plenty still happening on the dabble out throughout the week and today before the big dance. If you want to watch the races, join the leg up as they try to find a few winners. But Lord Heathshaw, grand final day, what are the nerves like? I'd never been nervous in my life, Josh, um, even before <laughs> a game which, you know, half the population of Australia will be watching um, this this game, it's huge. The best two teams are in it, which is what we want to see. Um, and one of my old teams, the Magpies, are going in as favourites. So the city, the town of Victoria will go absolutely off chops if Pies get over the line. Yeah, it'll be scenes, absolute scenes. Uh, before we get yeah. into our same game multi, who do you reckon Norm Smith, just quickly? You know what? I'm going to throw it out to the vet. Um, Scott Pendlebury always plays well in big games. He's He's got more medals than, than anyone um, in Australia, so I think I think Pendles is a bit of a smoky. He's got some he's got some pretty good value, and I think he always plays well in big games, and he's done it before. I think the stage is set for Dugowie today. He's a big game player. He loves it, and I reckon he was going to kick a couple of goals. So let's have a look at our same game multis. Uh, I've gone over 165 and a half points. I reckon because hot defense might be a bit lack, um, <laughs> and so I'm hoping for a few scores. Dugowie uh, to, to score any time, and Lockie Neal 25 plus disposals. Yeah, not bad, Josh. Yeah, defense is going to be lack in the biggest game of the year. That's, a, that's <laughs> a call. well done, mate. They'll yeah, get no, tired. Makes mate. sense. They'll get okay. tired. It may, it may, yeah, yeah, they're going to get tired. Um, I've gone <laughs> Collingwood just to win. Um, Jordan Degoe to kick a goal. And as I said before, I've got Scott Pendlebury, 25-plus disposers in, in what is the biggest game of the year, Joshua. 
I'm going to be honest with you. I thought I hit the unders market, but I'm going to ride it and uh, own it anyway with the over 165.5. Of course, you can copy both those bets with one tap. Just download the Dabble app, follow Crunch Time AFL, and uh, best of luck. Back to you, Jared. See trending bets from profiles like Heath Shaw, Dane Swan, The Bev Show, and plenty of others. Get following Crunch Time and have a dabble. Go on, have a dabble. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Final few minutes of crunch time for the year. Dermot Burton, Brenton Sanderson. Just spitball it between the two of you. We, what we, happens this afternoon? We're going what ifs at the moment. So what if, if Oscar McInerney goes down and can't continue? Well, that's the things that they have to plan for, and that's one of the biggest challenges as a coach is who do you pick as your sub? And I think Collingwood have done it really well. I think Ginevan in to the 22. Big game player. They need to score today. Lipinski is the sub's really versatile, so he can come on and play a variety of roles. And we often think about the sub coming on in the third quarter and providing an option, but you've got to prepare for... That's at your disposal, though, you've isn't got to it? Yeah, that, yeah. That your ruckman could go down in the first minute, mm. and that's where I think Collingwood have just got too many levers to pull today. I think Frampton's good in, and I know you... Like Derm, he, he might not have a, a, a great game on Harris Andrews. And that's what we're expecting him to do. But he can go into the ruck. He can play a variety of roles down back. Um, I just think Brisbane have got one particular game style. And if they get that, they win, which mm. is the outside run and the speed. Really good around contest and clearance. But if Collingwood can make this game ugly, pack up stoppages, I just think Collingwood have got too many levers to pull. Um, I think it's going to be a two or three goal win to the Pies. Yeah, well, Well, I actually think that that home ground advantage is enormous for the Collingwood Footy Club. I think if you play this game in, in Brisbane, as we've seen, the, the, the best form team of the AFL in final series has been Brisbane on their home deck. We don't know what their away form is in this finals. We assume it can carry on and be pretty good, but it's on an away deck, which they haven't won at yet this season. So to me, that's, a, that's, a, that's an affirmative. They're not going to be as good on the MCG as they are on the Gabba. How much that decreases, that's up for conjecture. The what-ifs we had also, we mentioned Billy Frampton, fantastic workhorse. If he goes forward and has no real effect on Harris Andrews, the what-if then? Do you turn him into your relief, Ruckman? Do you throw him into the back line and say, Jeremy, you go down and forward, be decidedly... Yeah. Uh, decidedly dangerous and and Billy you've got to do a job back there so well, I love the what ifs I think Collingwood and their knowledge of how to win on this ground the coverage the strategy of the zones I think that's enough to give them the advantage so the tire right tips brought to you by tire right for best roadside tire emergency call 1800 138 168 Collingwood for both of you yes did, did you tip Sam? I'm the journal. I barrack for the story, Jared. Yeah. Extra time, potentially double extra time, oh, and then may the best time. team win. Yeah, I'm, I'm all in with you then. Yeah, that's you it. could get your first clip of the year. <laughs> <laughs> with more than 25 tyre brands, steer, drive, trailer, and more. Tire right, no track and worries. Tyrewright.com.au. Great to have you here, Dermot Britton. Thanks a lot. I think we're in for a classic grand final. Can't wait. Enjoy the afternoon in there. Love it. The best day of your life. It's every bit swell. <laughs> Uh, Sam, see you on the boundary. Loved it all year. We're inside the MCG next.